The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. At times it seems like when you work on your professional career, your personal life seems to fall behind. Then, when you work on improving your personal obligations, the professional part of your life begins to suffer. Is there any way to keep them both humming along at a successful pace? Welcome to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. We'll take the guesswork out of which part of you is more important and show you the success stories of others that can help you realize that you can manage it all. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Hi, and welcome to Master Your Life, the show of insight, intelligence, and wisdom. This is Leah Mattinson, and I'm here with my co-host, Howard Rankin. Uh, Just ask you to consider, as we get in today's show, just like every week, uh, who are you today, and who is it that you are trying to be? Uh, So, Howard, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well, thanks, Leah. Um, interestingly, my wife is is gone for a few days. She's um, having some time with her old college roommates, and it's interesting, you know, when you're around together, twenty four seven, life goes on. But when you're not there, you have a chance to have a different perspective uh, on your relationship, and so that's actually been very helpful to me um, to really appreciate her when she's not here. How about you? Right, so you appreciate that she does some of the housework and things to help you out, <laughs> taking care of your puppy and things like that. <laughs> not, it, it's not just that. It's just you know her presence and who she is, yes. and that I, I miss that. So, you yes. know, that's great. That's, that is awesome. Well, I've had a fantastic week. Um, I've had a bit of media of myself around blended families, and, and for listeners that know, my family is uh, blended and re-blending, and I have lots of kids and lots of family dynamics, and I'm a grandma now as well. So, uh, just doing all of this uh, media on having an excellent blended family, I've become very conscious of how intricate communication is and uh, how important it is to pay really close attention to what I give in relationship and, and then how I get my needs met at the same time. Yeah, and that's a beautiful segue, um, Leah, to today's guest. We're really thrilled and privileged to have on um, somebody who's considered to be widely the leading expert relationship, uh, a relationship expert in the world. Uh, and, and if you've been, unless you've been on another planet, except maybe Mars or Venus in the last 20 years, you'll know who I'm talking about. Um, we're talking about today with John Gray, of course, author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and many other books. John, thank you so much for being with us. Well, it's a pleasure to spend time with you guys. I like your, what you're doing on your show. Well, that's great. So, I want to ask you. I've wanted to ask you this question a long time because, as somebody who, uh, for a long time, was a therapist and used your work uh, and found it enormously helpful in my practice. When you first wrote this book and it came out, did you imagine it was going to have such an impact? No, I, I, I. Well, you know, I couldn't imagine what my life was going to be like, but I thought it was going to be very successful because. 
the, the very ideas that meant it from Mars, I had been teaching for about seven or eight years uh, in my seminars and in my counseling practice, and it you know, got rave reviews. People loved it, and they kept saying, you got, I, I wasn't a writer at the time. They said, you really have to put this in a book. You have to put this in a book. And I guess what I thought is, I thought it would be a good book and should be successful and all that. Every author hopes that. But I had no idea that people would come up to me and, um, and say that they were divorced and even got back together after reading that book. That was a big surprise to me. But uh, just the way it's expanded around the world, it's, it's uh, made my career. You know, I continue traveling and teaching these ideas. And it seems that the more, as soon as the people move from their more traditional roles to the more modern lifestyle where women are at work and men are participating more in the home, that, that's the time when these ideas become way, way more relevant to their lives. Yes, I think that um, what what struck me when we were um, able to have you as a guest, John, as I remember as a as a not that young a girl, but a teenager. I remember on uh, my mom and dad's bookshelf. My mom was an is is an avid reader, and uh, your book appeared on our bookshelf. And I and I think uh, my mom was the queen of how how to books that she read them all and she applied she applied everything. And they've been married uh, for uh, over fifty years, my parents. And I think it's a part of those little magical formulas. Um, some of those within your book, and that you're so purpose-driven to have, uh, you know, creating a world where men and women understand, respect, and appreciate each other and ultimately work together well. What What do you think are kind of the biggest stumbling blocks in this, you know, last five years or so? Do you see any themes that are coming out where people are are tripping up more than they did in the past? Yeah, you know, it was happening a bit back in the 90s when I wrote this book and certainly before that, but it was, it just keeps happening more and more where I might call it a kind of a role reversal, where women are doing traditional male jobs. Uh, they they often say that, you know, it's hard for me to come back and relax. You know, I feel overwhelmed. Stress levels are higher. And the, the consequence of that is it doesn't have to be negative at all. It, it, it can be that, you know, Maslow talked about when our basic needs for survival and security are met, we have higher needs, and, and that's the our emotional needs. Our, our, our needs to freely express ourselves, so to speak. And I think that's what we're all evolving into, is relationships where we can all be authentic. We don't have to be limited by traditional roles. At the same time, we have to remember that it's not like men and women are exactly the same, but we have very significant differences in terms of what makes us happy and what makes us feel good. And to a great extent, you know, this, some of this is conditioning, some of this is the jobs that we have during the day and so forth. But it's also... Uh, just basic biology, you know, women have a whole other set of hormones that regulate her stress levels, that regulate her sense of well-being, regulate her feelings of fulfillment. And when those hormones are out of balance, uh, she's not able to experience the, the kind of chemistry that people want to feel today, more that romantic connection, <laughs> aliveness. And men, likewise, we have a different set of hormones. And they're all changing today. As we change a behavior, the hormones change. So we have to find ways to balance our hormones, so to speak. Men have to make sure they keep their strong testosterone levels, and women need to have a very healthy balance of estrogen and progesterone. And certain activities will stimulate those hormones, and certain activities suppress those hormones. Mm. Yeah, the landscape has changed completely. You know, when you did this in the early 90s, I guess the Internet was really just kind of getting going. Uh, now look at how connected we are. I wonder whether you have any views on the development of technology and things like social media and its impact on relationships? 
I do. I, I think that the technology, along with our diet together, uh, and our modern lifestyle and various aspects, are actually changing the brain. It's changing our children. It's changing our relationships. It, uh, yep. it causes us to um, a shift in the brain where we become, in a sense, addicted to higher stimulation. You know, we're impatient. We're in a hurry. Uh, we have a shorter attention span. Uh, we're kind of dependent upon either desserts and caffeine or bigger screen TVs or video games or new relationships or, you know, new and exciting different experiences. And I'm not against any of that, okay? It's, it's just when you become dependent on that, kind of like uh, wine. Uh, you know, a glass of wine is great, but when you have to drink several, uh, then it doesn't have a good effect in your life and your relationship. So when you're thinking about all of those factors, John, like the, the hormones, the internet, the hyperactivity, all the stimuli that's around us, if a person, like for our listeners, I think that we're really uh, trying to give people like starting places, what would be the one sort of starting place that you would say where people can just sort of start to um, chill for a better, <laughs> better lack of a better yeah, term? Yeah, no, I think, I think we all want that. But uh, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the challenges we have is, and I just need to make a side point first, is, mm-hmm. you know, it's always good to follow your heart and do what feels good. But what feels good isn't always good for us. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's, it's right. uh, life's still a mystery. Mm-hmm. If it was really simple, we'd all be very happy in our life. Uh, you know, you, you, eat, you eat a few cookies and, and your blood sugar goes too high. Uh, instead of saying, oh, my blood sugar's out of balance, I should not eat any more cookies, uh, we tend to want to eat more cookies. Uh, and so the more out of balance we go, uh, the more out of balance we go. We sort of get drawn into the wrong direction. And when I'm looking at relationships... I'm looking at women being on their male side during the day, which is stimulating testosterone in their body. Uh, they tend to come home and start experiencing more testosterone. It's like they don't make a shift. They don't have the knowledge to make the shift back to what I'll call the female hormones, estrogen, progesterone, oxytocin. And men, likewise, uh, it, they need to make sure they're keeping their testosterone levels high. What's happening to men, particularly because not so much of role changes, uh, but environmental changes, you know, all of the pesticides and toxins that we hear about, and we know it's in our food today, the GMOs and glyphosates, all that stuff, when it goes into your body, your body thinks it's estrogen. And when a man has estrogen in his body, it suppresses his testosterone levels. So for men, a, a really great, you know, I, I know what you're asking for is like, where's a place we can start? Well, one is we can unplug one day a week. And uh, particularly for men, but this would be helpful for women if they're willing to do it, but it's to fast. Uh, one day a week to have water and lemon and maybe some supplements or something, but to put no, no sugar in your body at all, just for a day. And what that will do is help your liver get rid of all of these uh, pesticides, which are often called xenoestrogens, and they lower men's testosterone. And men need about 10 times more testosterone to be healthy and to feel good and to be happy. And the vice versa is uh, for women, they need about 10 times more estrogen and progesterone than men. And otherwise, they're not happy. You know, so many women are going and getting their hormones, you know, uh, they take estrogen or they take progesterone. And really, your body knows how to make these hormones, whether you're before menopause, during menopause, or after menopause. Your body's supposed to make the hormones. We've never in history taken hormones, mm-hmm. but because we don't know how to make them, 
we're so out of balance that mm-hmm. we get some help by taking them. But my recommendation is, hey, put your life into balance. And so what that would look like is noticing when you're going in the wrong direction and then identifying the right direction. And what that right direction would be is, Read a book as opposed to watch play a video game. Uh, it would be make a dinner instead of rushing out to have, you know, somebody else make dinner for you. Start creating time to do kind of old-fashioned things at least once or twice a week. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that it's easy to say, well, I need to go home and relax. But the ability to actually switch off your brain from the constant bombardment of stimuli and processing is very difficult to do. You you can't do it in an hour or two or even an evening. Oh, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just agreeing with you. I'm nodding my head. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, it's nice to think, oh, well, I can do this, but you do need time. You do need to make it a priority, and it is, you know, I really like what you said. You take a day, not a couple hours. You take a day when you unplug uh, and you focus on doing the right things because it takes a while. You, we train our brains, don't we, through all the things that you've just been talking about, physiologically and psychologically. We train our brains to go in a certain direction. And just because we decide, oh, I need to stop that, the brain doesn't do that automatically. No, the brain it takes doesn't. Time. It, it, it needs a recovery time. Now, I did explain a lot of this in one of my books called Stank Focused in a Hyper World. Yes. And it talks about these brain changes. And what, if people can think about this for a moment, just to... Because, you know, when we say train our brain, it, it, it makes sense, but it doesn't have a biological reality to it right. in terms of the meaning for people. So I just want to get the biological the reality here. If you, we all know our eyes have pupils, and if you go into bright light, your pupils will constrict, okay? And then when you go into dark, your pupils will expand. So there's a, there's a biological shift that takes place. And when we, we might call it, overstimulate the brain, things that are exciting and pleasurable and really interesting, and we, we get all uh, energized by them, you know, there's a certain level, and you go beyond that level, then what happens is the part of the brain that can feel pleasure, excitement, focus, motivation, all that, it shrinks. And this is a biological phenomenon that occurs. Those neurons will shrink, and if they're shrinking all the time because you don't give them a chance to expand again, what happens is they start disappearing, and now we have an addiction to drama, an addiction to newness, an addiction to rushing, an addiction to complaining, uh, an addiction to danger. Uh, these, any, all these things, uh, uh, sugar, an addiction to sugar, certainly addiction to addictive substances, there's a biological response. And when you try to find balance, the problem is because you become dependent on higher stimulation as you go back to relaxing, you feel bored, you will feel restless, uh, you could feel empty, or you could feel tired. These are four of the most common symptoms when people are addicted to high stimulation and, and they come back to find balance. What you want is when you're feeling bored is you just have to go through it, kind of like going to the gym. Uh, it's going to take some effort to put those weights up. Uh, feeling bored is really feeling peaceful. Okay, Instead of you know, suddenly feeling peaceful, we have to sort of go through this transition where our brain upgrades uh, back to its normal balanced state. And so we feel peace, uh, we feel happiness, we feel, um, we feel compassion. You know, more of our positive feelings is what we should feel. But peace is a really key thing that's very tangible, and happiness is a tangible one, and love is a very tangible one. These are, these are the things that, you know, if you were... 
I was just up at my ranch taking a couple of days off and uh, doing some meditations up in the gardens. And then uh, the sun was setting, and the sun was on my my on me and my friends, and we were just feeling the warmth of the sun as one of the highlights of the year. <laughs> I mean, that's what the sun can be. And yet so many of us will go outside and we're just kind of like not letting in the, the pleasure of being in a calm place. That's a possibility. But we have to get into the routine and the rhythm, a rhythm where we have the intensities of life and the relaxation to where your body can start to expect it and so forth. And the other piece of this is what I've seen is that we really do need extra nutrition besides occasional fasting. Uh, we need to provide extra nutrition to replenish our brain from all of the stress that we're putting it through because it is a stress on the brain when we have high stimulation on a constant basis. So there's so many uh, areas, John, that you mentioned where we're overstimulated and then we continue to look for more and more excitement. I think um, that professional athletes do that as well, or people who are really into athletics also get overstimulated and then up, end up doing uh, low-quality behaviors uh, when they are bored or looking for something to do. So um, I'm just really excited about talking about kind of the better habituated things uh, that we can look forward to doing as we embrace being more at peace and that I think culturally in North America we're really encouraged to that you don't have any value unless you're producing something and that I'd just like to explore that a little bit more after the break as well um, with uh, John Gray, uh, the, our uh, world-leading relationship expert when we come back after the break we'll be talking more about John's insights. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm co-host Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my co-host Leah Manson. Today, we are very, very proud and, and happy to have 
the world's leading relationship expert with us, John Gray, who has been talking on the first part of the show, of course, about Mars and Venus um, and things that we all need to do as we get into much busier and stressful lives. John, I wanted to ask you this. I see you have a new book coming out slated, I think, for next year, um, Beyond Mars and Venus. Can you give us a little insight into that? Yeah, I'm so excited about this book. It's, it's A lot of the ideas of Men Are From Mars, but kind of updated for, as you said, the new landscape of relationships. I really like that. Uh, it's like we're still men and women. <laughs> and, you know, it's taken a long time to develop all these adaptations and differences in our brain and our hormones and our cycles. And, and throughout nature, there's always differences between the, the male and the female. And those, one, those aren't going to go away, but there is adaptation. But we are in a whole new landscape in just the last 50 years and particularly in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So we have new challenges. And so I wanted to focus on some of those new challenges. And, and, and going beyond Mars and Venus, it's, it's in two ways. One is uh, that as women have sort of been free to embrace their, their testosterone side, their male energies, and become more independent, well, that creates a new challenge at home because their need for, to come back to their feminine side is going to be greater. So what I find is one of the most powerful ways, you know, earlier we were talking about ways to relax and settle down. One of the most powerful ways for women to shift gears and come back to stimulating the female hormones of estrogen and progesterone and oxytocin as opposed to being somewhat testosterone dominant. Okay, so testosterone is a hormone that men have 10 times more of. And when women get up into that range, their stress levels are just going to be higher. But for men, when they're in that range, men's stress levels go down. So there's a, you know, there's a shift here. And I'm not in any way implying that women can't do high testosterone work. It's just to find fulfillment in their life. Their relationships can provide the support to bring them back to also stimulating their female hormones. So that's a very interesting thing. And so one of the key tools to do that in a relationship is to consciously create a particular kind of romance where the woman feels really special. Uh, whenever, whenever a man is doing things for a woman and she's receiving, uh, in science, that's called, or in psychology, that's called pair bonding where she is, like, depending on him. You know, he's going to drive the car. He's going to plan the date for her. Uh, he's going to give her hugs. Uh, he's going to give her compliments. Uh, he's going to listen to her feelings uh, about her day, and theoretically that should make her feel better. Now, many women who are on their male side go, what's the point? Why do that? There's no problems to solve. But with a little practice, she'll learn that by doing that, it can actually produce a tremendous amount of this pair bonding which stimulates uh, oxytocin, the bonding hormone, the stress-reducing hormone for women, and it helps to balance or restore balance from her uh, between her testosterone and oxytocin levels. So kind of, uh, I mean, estrogen, it kind of brings her back to a balance of her male and female side, and that gives relief. And so it's, it's like uh, the irony is that it's the thing that women don't have time to do. They often come home, and they're busy, 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 and they're overwhelmed, and and I'm over here saying create 10 minutes mm-hmm. where you just say to your husband, I just want to talk about my day and I'm going to share my feelings, what was frustrating or what was disappointing, some of my concerns. 
And, and the best way to do this is not about him. If, if you start talking frustration about him, he'll just get frustrated with you. <laughs> you know, so right. nobody, could, nobody could easily take criticism. So what you want is to create a context, a landscape, where, in a sense, where, where she can share what's bothering her about her day, even if it's really little things. That gives her a chance to be heard and him a chance to quietly listen and not have to do anything. When a man could just listen and not do anything but see that he's helping, that actually increases his testosterone. And for a woman, it actually increases estrogen and oxytocin, and that's pair bonding. So there's many, many ways to create pair bonding, but that's one of the most powerful ways to restore balance for women. And I, I kind of came to that conclusion because as a therapist, women would come into my office really with all kinds of problems. And I, my style was to not focus on giving any solutions, but instead to ask questions to get them in touch with their feelings. And they would leave happy. They always left happy. And we didn't solve anything. We didn't fix anything. Maybe we had a little more understanding, but more, more so in understanding where she was coming from. And that was miraculous from the point of view of me as a man. And some women intuitively know that's the case, but many women don't. They feel like the only way I'm going to feel better is get everything done. And then they're on an endless quest to get everything done. And it's never, it's never going to get there. You're never going to feel done. But this way helps to produce the hormones, the feminine hormones, to balance the masculine hormones, and that will help her to feel better. And so that's a great insight for both men and women, because men are often saying, you know, how do I make her happy? She's really quite stressed. So speaking as that woman, that exact, I'm in the exact <laughs> pool. <laughs> I'm in the pool. You and millions of others. <laughs> I'm in the pool. I just, uh, uh, I think that, um, you know, we could go back to the histrionics of, of, you know, kind of how gender roles have evolved and how work has evolved for women in North America and kind of, you know, societal expectations and our own expectations on ourselves. I, I just go, I can feel the grappling in me going, as soon as you start saying that, you you know, you need something or you want something, does that sound like whining or complaining? And then how do I turn it into something that doesn't sound like whining or complaining in my own head? <laughs> you, you know, you spoke for... I just finished one of my four-day seminars, and that's the biggest issue that comes up when I'm teaching women how to do this and teaching men how to listen to women do this is for both women and men, they're thinking, this is just whining, this is just complaining, what's the point of it? You know, I don't want to bring everybody down. It doesn't have any purpose at all. And that's our society we used to live in, which is hold everything inside and keep a stiff upper lip and smile and be nice and get it done and don't waste time. But it turns out that we also have this industry out there called therapy. And 90% of the people who go to therapy are women because it turned out there was this miraculous discovery that if a woman pays somebody to listen to her, she feels better. <laughs> and so how do you bring that home so you don't have to go pay a therapist? And we're not talking about fixing, you know, some forms of therapy, I'm going to fix your childhood or whatever. But, but this is just simply sharing and not problem solving. So the point is, and this is how you make the transition. You, you hit it right on the nail. You say to your husband, oh, I'm so, or your partner, uh, and it could be just a friend too. I am so happy to see you. I just need, I just want to talk about my day for 10 minutes and no longer, and I'm just going to vent. And nothing about you, you're wonderful. I just want to tell you some of the little frustrations, <laughs> some of the little disappointments, and some of my concerns at work. And after I get them out, I'm going to let them go, and I'm going to feel better. 
And so you, you alert someone, you kind of prepare them that this is not complaining, because see, complaining is sharing an upset feeling and wanting somebody to do something about it. You know, if you're in a restaurant and the soup's not good, you might say to your friend, hey, my soup's kind of cold, what's yours like? And they go, yeah, mine's cold too. That's sharing. Complaining is, waiter, I want to talk to the manager, <laughs> and the soup is too cold. <laughs> So how many how many days of because I just think I'm pretty I'm very practical. (laughs) (laughs) How many how many days of sharing (laughs) should I set myself up for? You know to um, to go. It's going to feel uncomfortable for a while to get into the sharing model. (laughs) It does. I'm just trying to help. I guess other listeners who might be going. Well, you know, I can I can definitely see the benefits. It's just like so. How many days would I maybe have to give this a whirl in order to feel something shift internally? Every other day. Every other day. And so during the day, you're just collecting little things that are annoying to you at work, things that are bothersome. Mm -hmm. And some things are funny and also some things that are really nice. What you right. want to do is, see, women have the capacity to notice every, everything that goes wrong. You know you have that ability, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're really, women are really good at it, okay? <laughs> it's not just my three daughters and my wife and thousands of clients. Oh, it's just them, John. It's just <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's literally, uh, you know, I remember one time when Bonnie and I, we, we've been married now 31 years, and we came home from a, a little vacation, and we had our teenage kids in the house. And I walk in, and the house was all neat and clean. And immediately she says, something has happened. Something's different. And she saw this little smudge against the wall. <laughs> and she found out that she went and says, what happened? And the kid says, well, we had a party, and too many kids came, and the police came. <laughs> had to break the whole thing up. But, you know, I would have never thought that because I don't have the eye to do it, you know. just Anyway, a little side story. But the point is, is that... It often is like, why bring it up? Why bring it up? What you want to do is bring up these little things because what you're doing all day is putting on a mask that doesn't show who you are. And so the whole point we started out with today is as men and women are taking on more different roles that are not sort of traditional rigid roles, the point of that is we want to have full expression of who we are, particularly for women, a full verbal expression of who they are is very, very important. And often it can build up and it can just like a, you know, sweep in the dust under the rug. It just starts getting really bumpy and bumpy. And in some cases, it, it becomes the fuel for big arguments and tension and so forth. But in, gen- in general, you know, women are telling me all the time, I just tell my husband, I just need to talk about it. You don't have to fix anything. And that's what Minute from Mars was. Mm-hmm. And my new mm-hmm. book, Beyond Mars, Venus, I go a little get bit deeper and I say, you know, try to own the feelings of frustration and what makes you frustrated, what makes you feel disappointed, what are some of your concerns, even what happened today that was embarrassing. Then just express some of the things you feel appreciative about. And a man will stand and wonder, how did she go from that to feeling really, really good? And you can. Women can do that. It's an amazing ability. Men can do it, too. You know, I do it with my male friends. You know, I'll talk to them about stuff, and we'll joke about it. You know, we make fun of it. But if a man does this too much with his wife, then she gets into the listening mode. And what's not... um, known to most people is that when you're in the listening mode, you're actually in the masculine energy. You're quieting your mind. You're, you're putting yourself mm-hmm. out of yourself into somebody else. That is the male testosterone energy. It's quieting the mind. 
whereas expressing feelings is estrogen. Estrogen levels will go up when you express feelings. And what I'm seeing for men today, particularly as men, their estrogen levels are rising way too much for a variety of reasons. One is just simply the, the, the pesticides in the environment that lowers their testosterone. You know, and this is not every man, but this is, uh, you know, half the men in America today at 50 I'm sorry, the average male today at 50 has half the testosterone levels he had as a younger man. And, and this is just statistics. If you go to indigenous societies, men's testosterone levels never drop. I'm 64. Mine have never dropped. I know mine have been in the past, but now they're back to what they were when I was a young guy. Uh, they're not supposed to drop for men, but I had to start doing this cleansing thing where I started not talking so much about my feelings to my wife and one thing, and two, not that I don't, I, of course, I have conversations with her, but I always make sure she talks more. And second one is I, uh, I do the regular fasting uh, to help kick these extra estrogens out of my liver. Otherwise, men, uh, their, their testosterone levels just start dropping, and I see this left and right. I have to share this with you, and, it, and it's a, a privilege to do it. This actually happened to me very early in my career. I was counseling a couple, and the, one of the wife's complaints, surprise, surprise, was that she didn't really know anything about what her husband felt because he never expressed himself. And indeed, he was very quiet, and I did conclude that he really was from Mars. After about the third or fourth session, he suddenly started opening up. He started to say, well, you know, I do this, I feel this, I feel this. Whereupon she turned on him and said, well, why do you feel like that? You shouldn't feel like that. <laughs> and just <laughs> hammered the poor guy who then stood bolt upright and said, that's why I never say anything. Exactly, exactly. You know, everything that women say we men do if a woman shares her feelings. When men share their feelings, I think women do it three to four times more, <laughs> and which is why part of my whole message is everything is one step after another. If a woman feels heard, a man can learn to listen and draw out a woman. When she feels safe to be heard, then it's much easier for her to hear a man's point of view. Uh, and so there's... There's another, I thought you were going to say this other story that I have too, but I know exactly what you're talking about, which is why men often don't talk about what's inside, is that women use, you know, they want to correct him, and, and they'd never forget it. You know, I told my wife once, yeah, I, I left my, I was cold on a trip to Russia, and she never forgot that. Every time I leave on a trip, she says, you have your jacket, you have your, you know, it's kind of like, she's trying to be helpful, but to me it's rather annoying to think that, you know, I need my mother to tell me and wear my jacket. <laughs> Now, now, the flip side of this is there's another flip side, which is what I saw, you know, which really influenced my teaching many years ago, which is, you know, we as therapists were trying to get men to open up and share their feelings, and I could do it. I could get men to, I encourage them to do it, help them to do it. And, but then what would happen is women would come back and want to do, quite often this happened, where a wife would come back and say, you know, I want to get a divorce. And I said, what are you talking about? We're making progress here. And she, one woman said, well, I know I love him a lot, but I didn't realize he had so many problems when I married him. <laughs> and, and then I, then I taught men the I, I feel hurt phrase, and some men would overdo it. And so the wife would come back and say, you know, I feel like I have to walk on eggshells. Everything I say or do now hurts his feelings. <laughs> and other women would say that, you know, I feel like I'm more his mother, and the things I do upset him. So, you know, I just don't feel attracted to him anymore. So th there's a lot of... Uh, 
a fallout that can happen if we try to push men to go too far to their female side. What I see the big issue here today is let's help women come back to their female side. And when a man can do that, it actually strengthens his own sort of strength inside himself of his masculine testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I, again, just say, singing from the choir, I am absolutely in the age group of women that are, are uh, trying to deal with grappling back to get um, back to kind of a feminine energy on a, not kind of to a feminine energy, but to their feminine state. Uh, because I think that in this world, we've been applauded a lot for um, um, being really strong in our careers and and bringing home the bacon and managing it all and being super moms and that there hasn't been um, very much um, applause for women who are, and even myself, I can say I was very highly critical of women who are very feminine and overtly feminine, um, um, both because because I just wasn't didn't know how to deal with that. So I'm so glad that you're here sharing your wisdom and and insight, John. And that after the break, what we're going to talk about is um, in your. Uh, updated book, the How Do We Help Men to Become Ultimately um, Better at Supporting Their Wives or Their Partners in Becoming More Feminine and How Do They Themselves Hang On to Their Testosterone. So after the break, we'll talk to John Gray. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet, but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah, that's L-E-A-H-A, at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm co-host Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my co-host Leah Manson. Uh, today we are talking with somebody who's been called the greatest relationship expert, and I do not doubt it, John Gray. It's been great talking to you for these last half hour or so, John. It's been a privilege and a lot of fun. And before the break, we were talking about how men and women misunderstand each other or how their different needs sometimes get in the way. And I think that it just comes down to, first of all, understanding what your partner is, where they're coming from, because it's very easy to misinterpret it through our different lenses, and then be able to have the tools to actually do something about that. Correct? Oh, I think you just summarized all my books right there. It's uh, it's so easily said, and, and the significance is so easily missed. But literally, 
I would say almost all problems between men and women, particularly, and between people and cultures and so forth, has a lot to do with our misinterpreting where somebody's coming from, which then causes an escalation of our defensiveness, which is then misinterpreted even more. <laughs> and we sort of go off, off into some world of our own fantasy of what is this other person thinking. And then we have, you know, you, I might be feeling like my wife is being critical of me when she's not, and then I'll get critical back, and now she's going to feel I'm criticizing her because I am, and now you're into a, a drama. I mean, it's just... It's not like all problems are just we don't understand each other, but they tend to erupt around those misinterpretations of something that's really not so bad. Um, you know, and I've had to make a lot of adjustments based on that. I think, you know, after being mar- happily married now 31 years, we weren't always happy together. We had a lot of misinterpretations and, uh, and, and, and a lot of adjustments to expecting, to our expectations. Uh, you know, sometimes when I talk about our expectations are unrealistic, uh, women sometimes will say, you mean I have to lower my expectations? I say, well, actually, I think you need to have realistic expectations. You don't want to expect a man to be like a woman. It, you know, you think that's what you want sometimes, but then you'll become bored. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. like we bring something else to the table just as women bring something else to the table for men. And one one of the things that I've been fascinated with in the last few years is the development in cognitive neuroscience and the way we think. Um, and when you really look at just independent of gender, how we think, you know, the unreliability of perception and memory. Um, I, I have a, a website in a book called I Think, Therefore I'm Wrong, which really means, <laughs> which is, you know, <laughs> because we do misinterpret so much. <laughs> and we don't we don't stand back and look at well wait a minute why am I feeling that I've jumped to conclusions, and that would solve a lot of problems. Correct? I mean, oh, if we absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, I think therefore therefore I'm wrong. Uh, I have a, another version of that, but I, I love that. <laughs> is is it, now this is kind of hard to hear, but basically any time we have a negative emotion, our thinking is always in some way wrong. I mean, how many times have I had women come to my therapy office uh, feeling negative emotions, and just by exploring and expressing those negative emotions, their thinking changes. They walk out thinking that everything's not so bad. They walk out thinking that I guess my partner's more more loving than I thought. Um, it's it's literally I see negative emotions as a symptom that our thinking is not aligned with the reality of who we are, what our goals are, and how we're interpreting reality. So it's by taking time to look at our reaction to our thoughts, our reaction to what's happening, our reactions to our partners, our emotional reactions. If we can sort of shine a light on those feelings, what's amazing with emotions is they will automatically start to shift. It's uh, You don't have to do anything except explore them and try to understand them and put attention on them and feel them. Feeling is such a huge thing, and a lot of people go, I don't want to feel my emotions, and that's often because they're not, they don't have the the skill or the teaching to to go a little deeper, to go a little deeper. For example, let's say I'm I'm frustrated uh, with something. Okay, today we have a sprinkler system, and it's a... it's leaking. Okay, we have to find which one is leaking onto the street. It's coming down through the pipe. And so it's frustrating. Now, I could just be frustrated all the time, but frustrated, frustrated. Or I can take a moment and go, okay, I'm frustrated. 
uh, because this isn't working the way I thought it would. My expectation is that it should always work. Uh, I'm frustrated that I have to stay on this. I'm wasting water. Okay, and, and that's true. I am wasting water. Uh, then, then I would just shift gears and go, okay, uh, what is it I'm really wanting here? Is I want, I want it to all work. I want to conserve water. I want to not have to be bothered by this. So what's my next emotion? I'm disappointed. Uh, I'm disappointed. I'm wasting all this time on the sprinkler. I'm disappointed that I thought I had it fixed the other day, and now it's not fixed. And if there's still any stress, then I go a little deeper, and I say, okay, uh, what are my concerns? Well, my concern is that it's going to be taking too long. I'm concerned the city's going to be upset with me for wasting water. I'm concerned my wife's going to think I'm a loser because I haven't been able to fix this. I'm concerned she's going to complain to me again. And uh, now the tension's sort of lessening, and then I'm going to say, well, what do I want? I want to fix it. I want to get done. And why do I want to get it done? Because I want to uh, enjoy my, my yard. And then I ask myself, and what do I enjoy? I love my yard. I love my garden. I love my life. I'm happy camper here. And all those negative emotions are now gone. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, what I just said? Absolutely. It's and what I think it's hilarious is that you that you took probably I don't know probably, what a minute and a half <laughs> for you to have that entire conversation, and it takes even less time when you have the thinking skills in your head to ask yourself those why questions and process that. Um, but most of us kick into that monkey mind and go, right, I just want the water mind. cleaned up. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It just and, and as soon as now here's interesting for men, okay, as opposed to women. <laughs> if if men verbalize that to and in a way that's blaming let's say i i thought it was somebody else's fault and i went and verbalized some you know i'm so upset with you you didn't do this you didn't do that whatever it actually increases a man's estrogen now if a woman can share those feelings out loud uh to somebody just sort of listening and empathizing and she goes a little deeper a little deeper it releases very quickly because when you share feelings it increases estrogen and for women that's a really good thing but for men too much estrogen's not a good thing. So for a man, I would internally do that, or I would journal it, or I'd make a few jokes about it to a friend, and be done with it, as opposed to what you just said, is people can just sit there and be upset about it, be bothered by it. So part of this is self-awareness of when are we stressed, and and know that if I'm thinking it, what is it, I think, therefore I'm wrong. (laughs) I love it. And I have to add one more thought to that. It just inspired so many thoughts in my head instantly. But it one of the things that helped me in my marriage many years ago, and I'm, I always try to just give a few practical takeaways that I know might help somebody, but we used to have all these arguments because, you know, here I am, I've devoted my life to relationships and understanding women particularly and a good counselor and all that good stuff. And my wife would say to me stuff like, you just don't understand, which is every woman's DNA. <laughs> like, Biggest fan. And so my DNA would say, of course I understand. I can say everything you just said. I even know why that happened from your childhood and what you're going on. And I, so, and so that would just create more, more problems and more arguments. And so when my wife used to say to me, you just don't understand, I would just pause and I'd say, you're right. Help me understand that better. And there'd be no argument. I just want the men to know it's a superpower. If they say you don't understand me, just pause, take a breath, and go, you're right. Help me understand you better. And you'll just win them over. I mean, rather than creating an unnecessary argument. 
Well, for sure, you know, we can get those narratives going in our head. And, you know, as you know, the, the neuroscience research has that really we're not rational. And in fact, emotion drives most of those narratives unless we're really careful. You know, you really can go off on a tangent and you can take something that's pretty small and end up blowing it way out of proportion and ruining every chance, any chance you have of serious communication. If, if we just to be mindful of those ideas can just take us uh, such a better direction and so forth. And understanding, again, it's, it's taking responsibility for what comes out of our mouth is so important. <laughs> but there's so many in- insights that, that I like to share just in terms of behavioral shifts that can make a huge difference in a relationship. The, you know, we talked earlier about the pair bonding that's so mm-hmm. important for women. It actually becomes about 10 times more important on the fifth day after their period or <laughs> the third day before the full moon if a woman is postmenopausal. Uh, these are times when scientifically her estrogen levels have risen very high and she needs that if she's premenopause in order to ovulate. And that's when you want to schedule your best date of the month. It's during the five days after her period, you have a discussion and find out what she would like to do. She, her job is to suggest two or three things so then he can pick it. Then he tells her, and then so now a week later, she's now in this sort of five-day window when her estrogen levels are higher than at any other time of the month and her serotonin levels have dropped. This is what happens to women during those five days. If you look statistically, it's during the full moon that women, there's, there's more domestic violence at home and so forth. And, you know, if, any, if anybody's ever been a counselor of domestic violence, you know it always starts with couples being unhappy with each other, and it escalates. So what happens is a woman's capacity to be unhappy will magnify at that time, uh, if, and, and if she's, you know, still having her cycle, it's actually five days after a period, she can be the happiest she's going to be that month, or she can feel the worst she's going to be that month. It all depends upon if she's getting enough pair bonding in those five days. Then in the next 12 to 14 days, there's new studies showing that it's progesterone, which is the primary hormone to lower her stress. It's not the pair bonding, but it's something called social bonding, and that's where a woman is interacting with other people in a more equal way, not like she's dependent on them for anything except just simply friendship and fun and interaction and creativity. So that would be a symbol of that would be like games or a a party at your house or having dinner together with friends. I will be going to a yoga class, any of these kinds of activities that women enjoy those actually during her cycle of progesterone as being the dominant hormone, uh, those, that's the most important time for her to make herself happy. So there's a, what I've just described, there's really three major times in a woman's cycle, which is U time, uh, which is right after her period for about five days, her testosterone levels are naturally high. That's when she's more like a man and she's there to solve other people's problems, so to speak. Then it's we time when she needs more intimacy the next five days. Uh, and then it's me time, which is actually the next 12 days, uh, which is where she really needs to focus on doing things that make her happy. And, and this is a natural cycle. It can go on in, in a day, too, but it's a, a monthly cycle. 
And it's a it's a awareness that women have to start having a shifting from at times you'll be unhappy with your husband. Really what you're needing is to do things for yourself. And then there's times when you're doing things for yourself, but they're just not fun because you really need a little bit more pair bonding. And then there's times when you really need to be expressing your own sort of individual talents in this world and your mission and purpose. And a relationship or having fun with other people is not going to do it. So it's balancing these three things together, me time, we time, and you time, uh, is very, very important for women today. That, that, that's the landscape that has been disrupted quite a bit. So, John, I just uh, want to jump in and say, sounds like I'm going to need a scheduler. <laughs> and um, just, <laughs> I'm hoping and praying that you have all of this uh, information and maybe even some sort of a scheduler on your website, marsvenus.com. Maybe you could tell our listeners just a little bit more about what they can find on your website. Well, at, Mars, at marsvenus.com, uh, first of all, what I've just described there is, is um, not in any of my books yet. It's in the new book that's coming out. It's this last year's research because this new research came out on women's progesterone cycle and so forth, and I didn't even know anything about it. So it, it all made complete sense to me because so much of the time I'm telling women, there are times when your husband is just can't make you happy even if he tried. <laughs> We all have to be responsible ultimately for our own happiness, and pretty much all a man can ever do is make you happier, but a woman has to find her own happiness, and vice versa. Women have to back off from trying to, you know, make men happy all the time. You know, we have to also make ourselves happy, so it's a, it's a shared responsibility. But, yeah, so at, at MarsVenus.com, there's a series of... of uh, uh, video blogs that are done by one of my daughters who's sort of following in my footsteps. She's 30, but she's taken my message and really applied it for women. So she talks a lot about you time, we time, me time. That's sort of, I'm borrowing from her expertise there, uh, which I, I appreciate a lot. So people can check her out. She's got a, a great uh, free videos, a blog, and also online course that she's got, which is how to get more me time to balance the we time and the you time. So it's a it's, uh, I love that. I love talking about him, a proud father. But also at MarsVenus.com, we, we, we mentioned this kind of in the beginning, but I want people to know that there's a health food store there. And, like, if you go in a health food store, you want to kind of know what are some of these nutrients, like minerals and vitamins and whatever. I take those, all those things, and apply it to relationships and how it affects our relationships, how to balance our blood sugar, how that's going to affect the energy in our relationship, how to some certain herbs to help with testosterone for a little while, how that affects a man's libido, you know, and uh, some Chinese herbs that will help women if they're having, um, you know, cramps or they're having uh, menopausal symptoms. There, there are biological uh, nutritional support systems available to people. They just don't know about it. They can make our relationships easier, and I really uh, have easy-to-understand explanations of this, which is I encourage people to check that out. Well, well, thank you so much, Shona. It's interesting hearing your psychobiological approach, uh, and I wasn't that familiar with that, and I've certainly applauded because it aligns with my own thinking about the need to marry those two disciplines. So it makes a, a lot of sense to me, and I can't wait to read Beyond Mars and Venus uh, when it comes out uh, next February. Uh, and we could go on and talk forever, but we really, really appreciate uh, you coming on our show today and sharing your wisdom. It's, it's, it's really been awesome. So for Leah and I, thank you so much. We really have appreciated it. Well, I thank you. 
I thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it a lot, too. Thank you. And, uh, and just wish everybody a lifetime of, of good communication and health and love. It's possible for all of us. We just have to get the new info. And absolutely, and put it into practice. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, and and so, thank you once again. Uh, I know Leah and I are very appreciative. It's been a great show, mm-hmm. and uh, for all our listeners, uh, we will look forward to catching you up next time on uh, Master Your Life, where our guest will be David Katz, Doctor David Katz, who is a well-known health promotion expert, and he'll be talking about the factors that influence health. So next time from Leah and myself, it's goodbye. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go enjoy your successful life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.